Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to another interview episode of the Italian Football Podcast. My name is Nima Tawale Ruzzari and today we are joined once again by a very good friend of the show. Uh, he's always very generous and kind with his time uh, when coming on. He is the uh, SPAL president and owner, Mr. Joe Tacopina. Joe, how are you doing? I mean, in general, I'm doing well, you know, dealing with some uh, crazy uh, times and, and some tough times. But that's all part of the uh, part of the package. You know, it's not always supposed to be easy. It isn't always easy. And, you know, even great teams go through periods and then we're just having one of those periods. So uh, we are. Well, let's let's talk about that, because you did appoint Daniele De Rossi. And I know that you were in talks before uh, a, a little while. I think it was a year ago um, when the, you were in talks with him to bring him on. And that never materialized. And so you brought him on. And then, unfortunately, you had to dismiss him as the coach. I mean, that must have been a tough decision. And why do you think things yeah. didn't work out with De Rossi? Well, it, it, it became even a tougher decision when you add to the, the, the mix that he's a good friend of mine. And, you know, um, a really good friend of mine who I've known since my days at Roma, um, you know, and he was somebody I was very close with and am very close with still, which made it even more difficult and more awkward. But that's, you know, that's the risk you run when you hire a friend in any mm. business, I guess, um, particularly in this this very, um, you know, up and down industry of culture. Um, it's it was uh, it was, you know, it was disappointing, um, but it had to be done. Look. We had 15 points in 16 games under Danelli. 15 points in 16 games. It's less than a point a game. That's not, it's not, you know, acceptable. It's even Danelli acknowledged that he understood that. And, and honestly, if it weren't Danelli De Rossi, it probably would have happened a lot earlier. But because, you know, he's my friend, because I know who he is as a character and I know who he is as a person and a leader, I always, um, you know, assumed he'd be able to muscle through this thing with us. It just didn't happen. Um, you know, I think. Part of it is this. He's a new coach. First time he's ever had a head coaching job. Um, he's not particularly familiar with the classifico with Serie B. It's a different world than Serie A or, you know, Champions League. Um, it's a different type of football. And, you know, our model of play didn't really suit our roster. It was more, you know, a tiki-taka type of thing, uh, with tiki-taka, with, which, which was a, Bologna, um, a Barcelona sort of, um, you know, model of play where but but we and and look we possess the ball sixty five percent of the time under Danelli, but we only have like two shots every game. And you know at the end of the day, you definitely can't score if you don't shoot. Um, and and we were just you know we didn't have the roster the skill set I don't think to to perform that way. Um, you know we tried and I and, and listen make make this clear, Nima. There's no doubt in my mind that Danelli Dorosi is going to be one of the great coaches in football. I mean, no doubt, nothing, nothing changes. I mean, I've said that when I've introduced him. Um, I just think the timing perhaps wasn't right. Perhaps he wasn't ready, and perhaps the combination of the you know Serie B category for him, you know, just didn't. I think it was, it was all stuff that didn't really come together. And uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we we had to make a decision because we were in a position where you know we're sort of towards the bottom of the table, and our roster. Uh, is a roster that should be towards the top of the table. I mean, you know, when you talk about, let's go through our, our, our strikers. We have Andrea Lamantia, one of, considered one of the big bombers in Serie B. He was a big summer acquisition. And, and Gabriel Moncini, another heralded Serie B, you know, forward striker. Um, <laughs> behind them is a guy named Roger Nangalan. <laughs> okay. Now, Roger just came and went to market. So it's not like he'd been here all year. 
but he is, I mean, he's still a world-class player in my book, I mean, a world-class player. Which mm. He's such a different level of what's going on out there. It's not even, it's not even funny. Um, we, we brought in Giannis Stekasidis, another really top-notch Serie type player. He played in Genoa, played in Verona, um, played for Olympiacos, the Greek national team. I mean, this guy is, is this little wizard with the ball one-on-one. Um, you know, it, it goes on from there. We had this young kid, Mateo Prati, who's when we, when we sold this puzzle, came out of nowhere and actually improved our center midfield position um, over exposed. But Mateo Prati is, is 19 years old. He came from Serie D last year. Our sporting director found him in Serie D. Um, he looks like he's 13 years old, but he plays like he's 35. And he has got this unbelievable touch and this great awareness of the game. You know, we have Lorenzo Dickman, one of the considered one of the best right defenders in Serie B. Um, Alessandro Tripodelli is a 23 national team player. Uh, Marco Vaniero, our center defender, is was purchased by Atalanta for 7 million euros. That's, you know, this guy's a serial defender. Um, he had some injuries and he's back now and he's ours. Um, you know, so it goes on and on, but, but it's just, it's, 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 we are definitely not where we should be. And that's at the end of the day is what this business is about. It's a result oriented mm-hmm. business and we had to do what we had to do. And I brought in, you know, Massimo Odo because uh, of his, his experience and his credentials. I wanted to ask you about Massimo Odo, so that's a good segue. Um, what made you go for, for him? I mean, he's also a 2006 World Cup winner like De Rossi. What made you go after Odo and what do you think he will bring to Spal? That's exactly, you know, the World Cup winner um, ingredient was something certainly I thought was was a plus here, especially when one, one leaves, you know, so it's like, you know, he left and we're taking coach from the Primavera and the players don't know him. And this, no, the players, all players look up to a world champion and Massimo's a world champion. And he's also just a terrific guy. Massimo, though, by reputation, I didn't know him well. I knew him, of course, for my 13 years in this world. Um, but I didn't know him well. Many people just reported back to me about what a terrific guy he is. And I've seen that in one week. But more importantly, he really understands the way to simplify football. And you have to simplify football in our, our category. Um, you know, he, he, he's coming here. It's a completely different game than what we were playing. Um, he's, he's someone who won Serie B for it. Well, first, he, he, you know, he was in with Pescara about six, seven years ago. I beat him when I was president of Bologna. We beat him in the finals um, to go to Serie A. And not by much, by the way. It was, it was a scary, scary game. They hit the traverse, the crossbar, um, you know, in the last 10 seconds of the game or so. Um, but we beat them. And then the next year, he won Serie B um, with Pescara. So, you know, he's someone who's actually won Serie B. Um, he's he's just a good guy. He knows the game, knows the category, and uh, has respect for the players. So it was a sort of an easy choice. Um, you know, Massimo, you know, sometimes I think if I had Massimo, though, since August, you know, we'd probably be in a different position right now, but we're here now and let's see how it goes. For sure. Um, speaking of Raja, I mean, that is the signing of the Serie B. Um, you, you, you may, what, what's his impact been on the team and the dressing room so far? He's, he's, it's, it's been unbelievable. I mean, look, everyone said, oh, you know, Raja comes with the good Raja and the bad Raja. And, you know, sometimes he goes off the, the reservation and he's, uh, you know, he could be a wild man <laughs> and all this stuff. And, despite him being a world-class player, you know, he's been just exemplary. It's un- it's like, I'm like, I'm shocked. I mean, he's been on the field. He talks to all the other, we have a very young team spot, the second youngest team, the whole Serie B. Um, and he's on the field talking to these players as he's running around. 
coaching him on the field. Um, his skill set is is obviously it's freaking unique. I mean, I, I'm just like it's like watching, you know, uh, two, two different types of athletes. And when you compare him to anyone else in Serie B, that's not the takeaway from anyone else in Serie B. But he is a world class player, um, even at this age because he's in phenomenal shape. Still, he is a beast. He's a beast. I mean, when he kicks a ball, it looks like you know a hockey puck going 102 miles an hour. Um, yeah, <laughs> and 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 it's just he's amazing. But he really, his presence out there, you just feel it. I mean, the other team, has two guys looking at him at all times, which opens up other spaces for us. And in the locker room, he's always there with the guys. It's, it's not like, you know, he's quiet, he leaves, he, you know, he, he goes and does his own thing. He's separate. He's speaking with a lot of the young players. He's, he's, he's getting together with young players after practice or for dinner, and it's, it's nice to see. One example, and I'm going to tell you, this really speaks volumes about Raja Mangalan and his commitment to Spal. Um, everyone, first of all, said, oh, when the Ross left, he was going to leave. And, and he got, I, I said, there's no way he's doing that. He just made a commitment to us. He wants to show he's still a world-class player. And, and he's, there's been no indication that people speculated because he was very close with Danelli. Look, I knew Raja when we were in Roma together, but not the way him and, him and Danelli played together. And, and he's very close, very close to Danelli. But, you know, when we made the change, um, it didn't cross my mind that Raja may also want to leave, you know, after two games. Um, but everyone had written it like almost like it was a fait complete. He got so angry with that. And in one of his social media posts, he says, great to see how the journalists are dictating you know, my future, my life, idiots. He basically called them like idiots, really. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's a good sign. And then what happened, <laughs> the week that Nelly was terminated, he had given the players um, Monday and Tuesday off because he had a different commitment. So Massimo came in and, you know, we finished signing him on Monday and he wants to have a practice on Tuesday. Raja went home to Cagliari where he lives with his family, with his wife and, and, and two children. And he had Tuesday off. He was coming back Wednesday morning for the Wednesday afternoon practice. You know, we called him, our sporting director, Fabio Lupo, called him and said, listen, you had already made plans. You're already home in Calgary. You got to basically, you know, part of the country. Um, you, could, you have permission to miss Tuesday's practice, come home with the family, um, and come Wednesday as planned. We know you bought a ticket. We know you're, you know, you're with your kids and whatnot. And he said, thank you, but I'm getting on a plane tonight. I bought my own ticket. He bought his own, like, plane ticket, got on a commercial plane, and got got back to Ferrara Monday night for a Tuesday morning practice. That said, spoke volumes to me about Nangalon's mm-hmm. commitment. So, yeah, he's a yeah. he's a special player, and you know, when he's yeah. on the field, I just it feels different. Yeah, of course. And then that's that's exactly what I wanted to ask. But you already you said it. I mean, so so we can disperse all these reports that he wants to leave that because De Rossi left. I mean, he got really angry with that as well. So, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of rumors flying about that. <laughs> you know, a lot of sometimes. Well, shockingly, uh, some people in the the media have it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> never happened before. Um, I mean, he did come and replace Salvatore Esposito, who you who you sent who you sold to Spezia. It was a player that I actually I really rate, and you know that we've spoken about it. I think he could really yep. become some. Um, he's been one of the stars of the Italy under national under twenty one team, and he's been capped already by and he was capped by Mancini when he was at Spal in the Serie B, which is really, you know, not not to you not 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 not, not a usual thing that happens. How far do you think that uh, Salvatore Esposito can go in the game? Um, it really depends on Salvatore Esposito. Um, honestly, since he's left, we've had an improvement in that position with Matteo Prati. Um, 
And I, I'll just be blunt with you. Um, Salvatore Esposito was not evaluated in the locker room. Um, you know, he still needs to grow up. Um, he still needs to become more mature. Um, okay. You know, the players weren't enthralled with him. He did some things that they deemed to be selfish. They deemed it, not me. I'm not a player, um, you know, both on the field and off. And, and um, look, I wish him the best. I hope he, he's a good kid, but he does need to become more mature. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, when you're so young, you know, having some humility is not a bad thing when you're mm-hmm. talented. Um, I think Salvatore already thinks he's, um, you know, a, uh, a C Milan level player or Real Madrid level player. And I think he's got a way to go for that. So, um, for us, it was the right move. We got a lot of money for him, much more than people said I was going to get. But I got him on that negotiation. I put on my lawyer hat and played a little hardball. His agent got all mad with me. And it's too bad um, because his agent had to give up some of his, his dough. But, um, that's, <laughs> you know, that was that was what I demanded. That's what I wanted. And, you know, his client's only focus seemed to be to play for Serie A. He wanted to just play in Serie A from Hello High Water. Well, you know, he's there now, but barely hanging on. Um, you know, with Spezia. So we'll see what happens in the future. Um, so sure. I'll reserve, I'll reserve judgment on, on exactly how good he becomes, but I hope he becomes as good as he can become. Let's put it that way. I'll say that because yeah. I, I do like him as a, as a, as a person. I really like him as a player as well. Um, uh, uh, but, but it's funny you mentioned that, that, that humility part, because that's something that the brother Sebastiano has been accused of as well. Like problems in the drop mm. rock room as well. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, and again, yeah, a lot of the players yeah. were um, sad to say a lot of the players came up to me after he left and said, you know, thank you. <laughs> and, well, and, and I was shocked by it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's about it's about having someone that they respect. And, you know, um, it, it's strange. He was placed. He was given a captain's armband this year. And um, I, the players still can't figure out how that happened. It wasn't by player vote. Um, that seems to be a mystery for its fault, but we'll leave that for another day. Um, and, uh, you know, he, um, I don't know, he, uh, it, 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 in one regard, it was changing for the better. I think he took on some responsibility, but in the other way, it sort of alienated him from his guys, um, you know, in the locker room. So there we are. And, uh, we, we move on. Just give Matteo Prati, I'm telling you, watch him, watch him. He will you'll see him next year when we're talking about the year after. Mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned him. So watch this. Yeah, game. that's true. I got to give you a huge credit for that because you were the first to really hype up Lorenzo Colombo, and I yeah. am in love with what I've seen at Lecce. This kid, I don't understand why Milan don't just bring him in because yeah, next season they have to bring him in. He is ready. He will. He's ready. He's ready. I mean, I loved him last year. We took him on loan from my friend Ricky Massara and Paolo Maldini. And, uh, you know, we, we, I just, I knew this kid's, this talent is, is different level stuff. And he was only a kid, like 19 or <laughs> last year or 20. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got, I've seen what he's doing in Syria this year. He's, he's, uh, I think he's a national team player eventually. And, um, no, you know, Milan should bring him back. He's, and he's a good kid too. That's, you know, that's someone who never, Others a, 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 a dramatic word. There's always just seriousness. He works so hard, and I'm so happy for him. I, I'm in touch with him still on occasion. Um, I actually tried to get him back to Spa this year, and he was like, I think I'm going to be in the Serie A team. I'm like, oh, if that doesn't work out, you know, come back again. You know? <laughs> but uh, he clearly he's a, he's a Serie A level player right now. 
Yeah, no, he is. And he, you know, the, you see these, what, what, he's a big guy. He's a physical guy. He's a strong guy, but he's incredibly technical and quick with the ball. Like he does these things, you know, people in Italy have compared Scamacca to Ibrahimovic. I think Colombo is more than the similar to Ibrahimovic. If you look at the, you know, cause big guys are usually not that technical. Colombo's far more technical in my opinion than Scamacca is. And I love Scamacca. Don't get me wrong. But I think the comparison with Ibrahimovic is more... I think Colombo's more similar in that regard, if we're talking big guy and technical ability, than Scamacca is. I I agree agree with you. I mean, he's he's going to be something something special, that's for sure. Mm, Agreed, agreed. Well, uh, speaking of players again, um, what's uh, you, you brought in our good friend Beppe Rossi back to Spal for a second spell. Uh, what's what's happening there? I mean, uh, we all love Giuseppe. He's a fantastic talent, fantastic guy. He's been so unlucky with injuries. Is oh. it more of a role to 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 kind of be the father of the team, or or what's the thing? No, 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 no. I mean, obviously that comes with the territory, uh, but we have enough fathers. We, you know, Andrea Lamanti is a phenomenal human being, uh, just phenomenal human being. Uh, Enrico Alfonso, the same, uh, our goalie. Um, you know, Mangalan is, is uh, someone who's taken on that role. Um, it, and, of course, Giuseppe is, 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 would fit into that category as well, but Giuseppe scored three of the most important goals for us last year, um, like all crucial, crucial goals. Um, yeah. he, he can't play 90 minutes, obviously, um, at this point, he's still recovering. Don't forget, he had another knee surgery last year. He was, you know, the season ended in a game against Brescia, where he had to have another knee surgery. So, you know, he's behind the eight ball, unfortunately, for this poor guy. Um, but he's there. He was signed because we know that in the last 20 minutes of any game, he could change it. And, um, you know, that's what, we're, that's what we're counting on with him, really. I get that, and he's he's really a fantastic um, a character, as you said. I mean, a leader on and off the pitch as well. Um, I mean, speaking of that, you're in the you know you're in the relegation zone in Serie B. I agree. I don't think you've got any business doing there. So, how confident are you that not only to avoid relegation, but maybe even get a, get into one of those Serie A playoff spots? I'm not done with that thought. I, I you know people are like, oh no, you have to just say we're looking for salvation. <laughs> oh, you can't talk like that. You have to always say salvation is the role to go. I, I am so not into that. Am I allowed to bullshit on a podcast or not? Yes, you can. Um, you can. I can. <laughs> I'm so not into that bullshit line of thinking that they do here in Italy, which is like, oh, you always have to say, you know, we're gonna, we're just striving to survive, and you know, it's it's such crap. Um, it's living in the negative. I don't live in the negative. I live in the positive. I set my big goals for myself, and I do what I need to do to achieve them. And the only two things I can do to affect my whether I achieve my goals is my effort and my attitude. Those are only two things. If you set the bar at salvation, which is a joke, um, especially with this roster, first of all, the message to your team is pretty damn clear. You guys aren't good enough. Don't even think about trying to rip off you know, five, six, seven, ten wins in a row. Don't even think about that. Just hang on. Just try to hang on. That's what the message is. And that's the bar that you're setting. And I get crazy. I, people are banned from using that word in spot. Just so you understand. <laughs> you won't find a, uh, anything where anyone in the press is saying, well, we're still going for salvation. Um, look, you, you know, we have to be realistic where we are but we still have 13 games left. It's not like we have six games left and we're, you know, we're 10 points out of the playoff spot. I mean, the, the category is very short. The classification is very short, I should say. You know, the team is, there's so many teams all bunched up together. Right now, we're, you know, in the, in the top of the bottom three, but that's not going to remain. 
And I firmly believe we could rip off a, a streak of wins with this roster and, and go forward. Look, we have two of our two toughest games coming up right now against the first and second place team consecutively. Okay. General and frozen on it. All right. We'll be open. Um, you know, we'll play those games as hard as we can. And you know what? We pull out a win in one of those games. It's going to change our season. Um, we still have a lot of it left and I still intend on, on, you know, making sure that we all are, are, are striving for the same goals. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but we're not, you know, in close to being in a position to say, let's just stay in Serie B this year. Um, with this roster, we can do something scary. Look, I'll point out Sue Terrell, one of the great stories, by the way, in Serie B. Um, they have a Serious C roster. Literally, their roster basically is the same one from last year, okay, for the most part. Um, you know, a coach who's, I like him a lot, but it's not one anything necessarily, right? Beasley is a terrific motivator. Um, but those guys went 11 games without losing. I mean, they pulled up. They were the first like six games of the season. They were like in last place. They were almost relegated already. You know, they hadn't had a win. Then they pulled off like a streak, a crazy streak. And they did it. Why? Not because they, have, they don't have Roger Nagelon or Vasquez that Parma has or La Padula that General has or anyone else or, or Coda, right? They have what they have is a bunch of guys who are angry, a bunch of guys who are hungry, a bunch of guys who are, have a chip on their shoulder and they play with a chip on their shoulder. And honestly, give me character and grit mm. any day over talent, any day. And that's what we have. You sure do. Um, let's uh, speaking of the Serie A, let's look up a little bit uh, at them. I mean, Napoli's run, we have to start there. It's been incredible. I mean, they, like, I mean, I mean what's going on there? I, you know, they're just good. This is great. I mean, you know, the coach is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. De Laurentiis is a friend of mine, Aurelio. And I was with him this summer. We had our training, summer training in the same, like five minutes from each other. So I went over there, you know, we, I lunched with him and we played, you know, calcetto, the little table football thing. You played there, foosball with him. I remember you sharing football. that. Remember? 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 And I won, of course. I, I sharing that. Um, Please uh, tell me you won. Bobby Napoli in foosball. Yeah, of course I won. Of course I won. Of course I won. It was in the papers that I won. But yeah, that's the only time Spal's beating Napoli right now. But but anyway, um, so so here's the deal with that. Um, uh, you know, we 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 talked, and he was getting oh my god, the roughest time from the fans in the summer. I mean, that was with him. Yeah. They were kissing at him and chanting against them because they lost two major players in Sinye and the other kid called Kuba. Uh, yeah. And they were like, ah, boo, oh, really? I mean, I think you should, you should basically put a mural or a statue or something up of Bilorentis now because what he's done is, is amazing. I mean, that, that team is, is, it's incredible. And it's, again, they don't have on paper, maybe the most talented roster in Syria. But my God, look at them. I mean, they just, they ran away with this thing. It's over. It's over. I mean, you know, I'm happy for the people in Napoli, for, for the Southerners among us, you know, that they have uh, a Scudetto coming. It's, it's about time. It is. Um, um, but, I mean, there's also, I mean, I, 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 I tipped them to, to be the team in the Serie A that go the farthest in the Champions League before the season started. Um, and now, after the group stage, I said, look, I'm elevating them to dark horse status to win the whole damn thing. Do you think they can actually do the double? I do. 
that's insanely difficult, insanely mm. difficult. Um, mm. But this is a different team. That Napoli team is a special team this year. Um, it's one of those, you know, it's just one of those moments in time where everything seems to come together for, for a team. And when you have something like that, you really, this, this is, you can't, you can't, <laughs> there's nothing that's impossible. And it's just, I mean, they to me seem like really a team that of destiny this year. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think they can, they can do something special. I really do. Um, you know, to me, they're, they're going to be in a position where, you know, they have, uh, a shot to be what the last four. Um, and, and I think they're in pretty good shape as far as that's concerned. Right. And, uh, who knows? I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. And I wouldn't rule them out against any team that's going to be mm. left. I mean, against, uh, Ray Allen, um, you know, any of these other teams, I just wouldn't rule them out because they are, they're, uh, they're special. Obviously this, this is a special year for those guys. And, and let's see what, what's going to happen. For sure. I mean, speaking of Aurelio de Laurentiis, I mean, one of the things that he's always done uh, is and being very criticized for by the fans, despite the fact that he ever since returning to the Serie A, he's from, you know, he's always had them in European playing European football uh, since returning to the Serie A under him. What he's done is always this this notion of financial sustainability and long term stability, not, you know, selling players and getting rid of them as, as they get older and rejuvenating. Um, and lowering the wage bill, and that's not contradictory to sporting success. Surely, this what's happening now. It shows it. It proves him right, doesn't it? It sure does. And I love to see that. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of the the let's call it the Atalanta model. Um, mm. And I try to you know, there's no way you know I'm losing you know 18 you know 20 million a season in Serie B like some teams are doing. I mean, Palmer's. Mm you know, setting records right there and it's not, not going to happen. I mean, Serie B has become a different place. You now have hedge funds and billionaires owning Serie B teams. When I was the president of Bologna, um, it wasn't quite the case. Okay. No, so, it was um, not. Um, so, you know, look, I love the, that model. It's like, well, I mean, look what happened to Juventus. I mean, it's, I don't care how much money you have. You cannot sustain losing a hundred plus million a year. It's, 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 reckless it's it's not sustainable and it's just it's it, it doesn't ever seem to really work you know, by the way um you know so i i don't know i don't know it doesn't uh it, it's what that's why i'm really pulling for aurelio and, and, and napoli i'm so glad you mentioned juventus because i wanted to ask you about that because it's i mean they have four or five ongoing investigations one 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 is criminal and four are civil uh, by the italian fa the capital gains part, especially, seems a little bit arbitrary and difficult to impose, given that there's no really rules or regulations governing the value of a player. I wanted to hear if you know, you're one of the people don't know, Joe is one of the best criminal trial lawyers in the world. Um, so from a legal point of view, do you, th like, do you agree with that? Don't you think it seems a little bit weird that they went after them for that when there's no really rules and regulations governing that? Yeah, it seems like they just wanted to make a statement that looks like the old, the old guard is gone now. And, you know, it was their way of sort of sending them off like the Agnelli family and, and, you know, it, they're gone. It's just over. I mean, they went from the top of the world of Italian football. I mean, the Agnellis were synonymous with, with Calcio. I mean, that was the, mm. <laughs> the first family. And, and it's just like, they got jettisoned. And I think they are making an example out of them. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, think that what, what's happened to them is warranted um, based on, on their actions. But, you know, I think we're in a, 
in a different world now. And, um, you know, look, here's, here's my issue with Italian football. As long as things are, are, are justice, both on the field and off the field, are, are handed out equally to all, I'm okay with that. I have an issue sometimes that doesn't seem to happen. And, and, and you know, um, I, I just want to, you know, be clear that there should be, you know, fairness across the board, whether you're dealing with Juventus or Sassuolo. Um, and, and, you know, Juventus was someone for years, people said were, you know, the referees were in their pockets and they were, you know, the league was in their pockets and they, you know, Ladri, Ladri, thieves, thieves, right? They could win Scudetto after Scudetto because everyone, you know, were, well, <laughs> we're not there anymore, clearly. Um, but it shouldn't, pendulum shouldn't swing too far the other way either. Um, so I just, you know, that's my one issue with, with football. I, for example, I'm not going to complain, but I'll just point that fact in Serie B, you know, Bari and Palermo and more than a lot of teams have eight penalty shots this year, eight Rigori. Um, Spal has zero. So I'll point out we haven't been awarded <laughs> one penalty shot. I've never had this happen to me. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm sure it's just coincidence. I'm sure it's just coincidence. But no, <laughs> I mean zero. We didn't get we didn't get one Rigori all year. I mean, there were a couple times where the defenders on the other team caught the ball like they were playing baseball, um, but somehow it was deemed. Uh, you know, uh, insignificant or unintentional or whatever, but you know, you, you got me off on a tangent now. Nima. I'm going to, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't want to get you in trouble. Um, speaking of financial sustainability and, and finance in football, the biggest talking point in all of football right now is the European super league and the talking points around that and, 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 and how that, you know, then the, the, the PR company, a 22 are the ones who are kind of, no one really knows what their role is and they, refuse to answer but basically it seems like they have been hired as a PR company to help market this this European Super League before the legality of it is decided by the European Court of Justice I mean I wanted to just basically start there do you support this kind of European Super League uh, the idea that it exists now in terms of uh, taking UEFA out of you know taking it out of UEFA's hands putting it into the club's hands because they say they take all the risk and so they should have also more of the reward and have more to say um, what's your thoughts nah, on the nah, Super Nah, nah, I mean, not a fan. Then you might as well just, just, just. No, I'm not. Then just, just make, make World Calcio a ten-team league and cancel the rest of it. I mean, how does, how does other teams compete with that? I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's look, if, if there's something beautiful about, about parity and 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 competition, right? I mean, mm. last year in Serie B, for example, every game on the last game of the season, thirty-eighth week, every game except one game counted for something, either promotion, relegation, playoff, or play out. So it's, you know, to me, you know, when we're going to start putting super leagues together for only the elite teams that have the most money and then they get richer on top of being rich, you know, how do they compete, go back and compete with Spezia, you know, mm. the next week? I mean, come on. It's, 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 we might as well just, 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 you know, sort of forget football as we know it. I mean, <laughs> Adriano Galliani, a dear friend of mine, said something really funny yesterday about this. He said, there really is a Super League. It's called the Premier League. Um, yeah. When you look at their, their transfer market spending compared to the rest of the world, I mean, it's, he's right. He's right. I mean, you can't compete with any of those teams like that. But a Super League itself would really, you know, crash the model of, of world football as we know it. And I don't think that benefits everyone. Yeah, sure, it may benefit the great teams, uh, the big teams, uh, you know, Juventus and 
and, and I don't know, Barcelona and all these other teams, but it's not, it's not. I mean, I think most of the fans don't want, I know the Liverpool fans who, you know, my son-in-law is from Liverpool and is a big, big Liverpool fan. He was telling me they were protesting. They were going crazy. And what they would say it's a benefit personally, but that's, you know, that's not what it's all about. You know, it's about being able to play in a, a league that has competition. And, you know, why would you want to go to a game where your team is, before the first you know whistle blows, you know you have three points in your pocket, you know. Period. But uh, what about, about what about the counter argument though? That exactly what Galliani said. You know, he also said we need a Brexit in football, um, and and he said you know that the Premier League. He's absolutely right, by the way, uh, that they have a European that that they are the that they are the financial super league, and there right. and, and that's and, and that if you were to create a European super league that wasn't a closed off league but was kind of just replaced the Champions League and took it out of UEFA's hand. I mean, especially with with Premier League clubs, you know, having state nation states like Qatar, Saudi Arabia, UAE. I mean, how, wouldn't would you would you be open to a European Super League based on those premises? That is like based on you know that is not a closed off league in order to counter the Premier League. Where you mean other teams can get in it by merit? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, you know, look, still no for me. I like football the way it is. I'm a traditionalist okay. when it comes to this stuff. I, I there's some I have real problems with a lot of football. Um, but the Premier League, the people, you know, so how about this? Look at their model, dissect their model, and do it the way they've done it. <laughs> I mean, why can't Germany or Italy or you know other other major countries do what the Premier League has done? I mean, they they've done phenomenal, and they've done phenomenal because they've been smart about it because they they you know have revenue streams that no one else thinks about and, and they've done it well and they've done it right. And they have the ability to spend stupid money. So I'm just not a fan of that. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. As I said, I, I think there are a lot of problems in football and money corrupts. And, and we know that, I mean, I think we saw there was a world cup in Qatar. How ridiculous was that in the middle of Christmas and the season and all this stuff, you know, a world cup in a, in, in the country that summer is in December and, you know, screwed up every league. I mean, um, that wasn't because everyone thought, oh, Qatar could be a great, it was because of money, 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 right? So so I, I just think these ideas are all premised on more money, more money, more money. I think we have to get back to the, 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 the nuts and bolts a little bit of football. Mm. Speaking of um, uh, uh, good investments, would you ever consider investing in the in the Premier League in the future? And yeah. given that your your your, fa- your son-in-law, you said, is a Liverpool fan, would, would you ever consider doing uh, him a I'm favor? A, <laughs> I'm not, not no, I wouldn't because I'm a big Newcastle fan. That was my team as a kid. I I like the oh. shirts. I like the beer. And so you know, I became a Newcastle <laughs> fan. I mean, and they've never won. So no one's calling me a fan because they've never won anything. So you know. Um, Although, although that, that times have seemed to be changing. They have some serious, uh, you know, owners with some serious financial yeah, wherewithal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sure, look, when, there was a point in time when I was looking at um, um, a Premier League team, okay, um, way back when, in the beginning of my, you know, in the, in the Rome era where I had groups of investors that were looking to come into European football, and I was sort of, um, in, sort of leading that way. And and we were looking at it, but I will tell you, it's almost untouchable now. It's not not quite like buying an NFL team, but it's you know like buying an no, NHL no. team for sure. I mean, you, you know, you talk about numbers that are off the charts. I mean, you know, we're approaching a billion plus for for almost any Premier League team, and that's you know that's a different level of 
of money. I, you know, I could probably buy the balls for the Premier League team, but I don't think, well, you know, that's a different type of purchase. And that's, that's for the select few. That's for the, you know, look, the NFL teams, right? There's only, you know, 50 people maybe in, in the United States that could buy or own an NFL team um, alone. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a different club. Um, and that's, you know, it's, but listen, again, I applaud them. I, I don't begrudge them. I applaud them. They've done something that, um, you know, you really have to say, wow, hats off to because they, you know, they did it. They did it the right way. And then people are jealous and uh, whatever, but again, they didn't, they, they did it with, you know, some, some really, uh, intelligent, um, financial planning and some real elbow grease, you know, they've worked and worked and worked and they've become as successful as they, they are. And they are the league. They, that's sad to me because 25 years ago, you yeah. know, the league that the world looked up to was Syria. Italy. Italy. Yeah. But you know, we just, we've gone away from that. Another thing I love about the Premier League. Well, I mean, I watched Premier League game 10 times already Italian football game for, for pure pleasure because they let you play, you know, I mean, you, you could bump into a guy and he doesn't collapse like he was shot by an AK-47 <laughs> from, you know, a mile away. I, 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 this is becoming such a pandemic in Italian football. It's unbelievable to me um, to see what I'm seeing, but it is, it's, it's crazy. I mean, you just, it's everyone now seems to be, you know, in this game where you, you get bumped and you just, you go flying. And it's, it's, I have videos of videos, a compilation of like 30 plays where, Guys just collapsed from being like bumped with their elbow like into the back, and they collapsed, breathing in pain, arm up in the air as if they're drowning. And help me, help me! And but two seconds later, after they either don't get the foul, or get the foul, or the play moves on, they're up and running like a gazelle again. You know, one guy got <laughs> one guy got knocked in the back, and he grabbed his his face. I was like, wait, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? You can't, you can't, you didn't even take the right acting classes for that. I mean, he got, he got pumped in the back and he grips his nose like he got hit in the nose. I mean, it's, it's, it sickens me. And the real pandemic in Italian football, and I'm sure this is going to make sense, but we do have a crisis in Italian football. It's the cramp crisis in Italian football. The cramp crisis is devouring Italian football. And you know what the cramp crisis is, right? I mean, the last 10 minutes of every game, there's this medical phenomenon that only happens really in Italy. And, and the last 10 minutes of every game, the team that's winning by a goal or two goals, they have this medical phenomenon that overcomes them when they get cramps. The whole damn team gets cramps. But it only happens to the winning teams. It's horrible. It's, 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 I don't know we have to understand. Maybe it's the euphoria inside their body that gets them cramps. Because anyone losing one nothing in the last 10 minutes, nobody gets a cramp. And if you get a cramp, you drag your sorry body off the field and you put someone else in. But no, but my God, you, you can dollars to donuts. It's the safest bet you can make in sports. If the team is winning one nothing and you're past the 80th minute, the team winning one nothing is going to have at least two, two guys that go down with the cramp that everyone has to come and stretch their leg over their head and the referee stops and the trainers are coming out, spraying some mystery white stuff on their leg. Like that's going to solve it. It's, 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 it's on. okay. So we're joking about it, but to me, it's outrageous. And I swear when I see my team do it, if they do it, I feel the same way. It's just, it's so, it's, it's just, well, let's call it what it is. It's cheating. The last time minutes of every, any close game in Italian football, you play like four, you play like four, if you're lucky. No, it's, yeah, the, the, that, that's something that I think, I mean, we're seeing more, I think, from the Serie A, especially kind of moving to away from that and letting them play referees like Doveri and, and, and et cetera. But you're right. I mean, if you compare them, it's in, it's incomparable. Yeah, um, it's incomparable. It, 
it's it really is and and i think you know i think to find that right balance between what is a foul and what isn't and flow and and stuff i think i think that's something that italian football should really work on as well i agree with you on that before we let you go uh, just a final just a few final questions um you 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 know off the pitch you uh you've 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 um you've taken on a pretty famous client <laughs> your, your your clients are mm. famous in the united states but a certain donald trump yeah. is now your client now i know you can't you know i know you can't talk about it, of course you know client privilege and all that but i do yeah. want to know if you've invited him to watch a spal game <laughs> he's a little busy right now um <laughs> launching a second presidential campaign, so I don't think he's coming to Ferrar anytime soon. But yeah, I'm representing him in, in, in a couple cases I think are really um, good cases for me. I'm not involved in, you know, the yeah. stolen election cases or anything like that. It's it's not the political stuff I'm working on. It's the no. litigation where I think the, the, the legal system is being used as political mm. weapons against a guy that, you know, some people don't like. And, and that, that, that sickens me. Um, it makes the the legal system feel cheap and tawdry and, and, and not really what it was meant for. And when I see, you know, people going after anyone, I don't care if you like them or don't like them, um, because of political views and trying to, to, to Jimmy rig the legal system to make sure they get something on them, it, it, it doesn't make me feel good about the legal system. And so I gladly jumped in to, to represent the president, who is one of the most charming guys I've met in person. I, I didn't know him well. I mean, I spoke and met him in the past over the years with New Yorkers. Um, but when I spent a few days down in Mar-a-Lago with him um, and really got to understand the cases I'm working on, I felt very, very strong about representing him. I'm very proud to represent him, obviously. Um um, so, you know, I, I, you know, my, does he, does he even like soccer? I'm sure he knows what it is, but does, do you know if he has any interest in soccer at all? Has he expressed anything like that? You know, he does. He likes it a little bit, but he's not, he, I mean, obviously golf is much more his passion. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he is, is, is an avid soccer, um, cultural fan by, by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, he is someone who, who at least, um, understand sports and, and does like sports. So um, we've had brief discussions. He knows I'm here. As a matter of fact, I speak the moment yeah. every day from Italy. Um, he called me once from, the other day when I was in the stadium. So it was sort of loud and, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but, so, but I wouldn't say. Wait, wait. Uh, you're, you're in the city. You're, you're at the stadium. Uh, Spal's playing a mm-hmm. Serie B game and the former president Donald Trump calls you. <laughs> right after we scored a goal. I mean, I, got to be, you know, we scored like four goals all year. So God forbid I get to enjoy one of our goals for more than 35 seconds, but that's okay. You know, it's, it's a part of the course when you're representing someone like the president and, and you know, uh, he calls, you got to ask those calls. Yeah. So yeah. That's, uh, that's my, uh, my, delight. I mean, he could be, pre- he could be president again when the world cup world cup comes to America in 2026. I mean, there's an election in 2024. Anyone, is stupid enough to rule him out because honestly, I never thought he could win the first election. I was like, mm-hmm. kidding me? and you know, there he was. So you just, you just don't know. Um, you just don't know. And, uh, with him, it's, it's something again, that's always, there's always, he, he, he's like a different level when it comes to surprises and he's still got a, a massive, you know, support base out there, but we'll see what happens. Like this, this political system in our country is, Mm. not a place that I really am, am enjoying right now. So um, we'll see. You just never know. There's a lot of dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction can lead to surprises in elections, as it did, you know, several years back when he became president of the United States. 
mm-hmm. without any political experience whatsoever. No, no, of course, of course. But um, I mean, you know, like you said, he's he could surprise you. And and you know, given that my team, the club that I support, Inta, or a Chinese company, Suning, they're not doing too well with the club. They're not. They're struggling financially. And I mean, he could be a maverick. Maybe you can put in a good word, word, and together we can make Inter great again. How about that? <laughs> you know, if I challenged him and said, you know, you could probably never win anything with Inter, he'd probably then buy Inter. Oh. And show me I was wrong. So that's maybe the move. That's maybe the move. Joe, you got you got a job. <laughs> you got a job to do now. <laughs> uh. Thank you Funny. so much for your time. I know how busy you are. Uh, thank you always for being such a, so generous with your time and coming on. And I really enjoyed being with you and talking to you. These questions, you always ask the best questions. So, um, thank you so it's my much. Pleasure whenever you want, whenever you want. Thank you. And everyone else will be back uh, for, for on Monday for a full review episode. Until next time, take care of each other and ciao, ciao.